Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. I'm in almost every school bus and class. I go to school with your children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. You see me around the neighborhood and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we can grow up to be whatever we want. I want to grow up to be someone who doesn't go to that hungry. There's enough food in this country to feed everybody. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we are Feeding America, brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Looking for a lift? Experience a seat from the soar with Michael Guido of Metter, Georgia. A man had fallen, and the preacher asked, Sam, why didn't you say, get behind me, Satan? I did, he replied, but Satan said to me, since we're both going in the same direction, it makes no difference who leads. There are only two ways, our Lord said. Heaven can be entered only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide enough for all the multitudes who choose its easy way. But the gateway to life is small, and the road is narrow. Only a few ever find it. Our Lord said, I have set before you the way of life and the way of death. It's your move. For your free copy of Dr. Guido's daily devotional, Seeds from the Sore, write The Sore, Metter, Georgia, 304-39. Visit us on the web at thesower.com. Hi, this is Donnie McClurgan, and I've got a personal note that I'd really like to drop in your spirit today. I want you to understand the blessings of God and how they're supposed to enhance our lives. Blessings are not always financial. But the Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 22, it says, The blessings of God makes us rich and adds no sorrow. This richness that it's speaking of deals with our lives being full, our lives being complete, our joy being prevalent and noticeable, us being seen as someone who profits in God. The richness of God deals with a soul that is healed, spirit that is in touch with Jesus. Our lives being rich is having our family whole, as having our friends close, and even our enemies reconciled. Blessings of God makes us rich and will take your sorrows away. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
This is Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1. Good morning. It's the early morning gospel program. Morning expressions. And we're going to begin with our morning prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, come humbly as we know how to first of all say thank you. Thank you for working us waking us up early this morning, starting us on our way. We didn't have to do it, but you did. And we say thank you. Lord, we ask you to forgive us for any sins that we know, knowingly and unknowingly. Cast in the seal for forgetfulness to never come no more. We thank you. Lord, we lift up those, Lord, who are in hospital and hospice and nursing homes everywhere. We lift up our and lift up those other members who, who, are, who are sick and shut in, Lord. We lift up those right now behind prison walls. We lift up those right now that don't need to part this in. We lift up those who are homeless, those, Lord, who lost everything. We lift up those, Lord, who who's in need. Thank you for that need to be met. We say thank you, thank you, thank you. For every blessing, everything that you've done, and in these times of need, bless our family, our friends, our church family, our neighbors, Lord, even our pastor, man. We thank you. Thank you for them, Lord. Lord, we those right now. Those, Lord, who return highways and byways. Give them mercy, Lord. Give them traveling mercies to go to wherever they go. Lord, please remember our children, Lord. They are our churches now. Lord, we ask you to keep their minds focused on you, Lord. We thank you so much. Lord, many, many blessings. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That's all these blessings. Jesus, Amen. And amen. Get ready for protection at Outlook.com. Here's our email. Thanks for listening and tuning in. We'll be back at the top of the hour. Anyone is up next.
the gospel provides us with a mirror that shows us possibility, shows us a new way, and shows us the beauty of fruitful abiding. We must be willing to get in front of that mirror. We must be willing to see that what we are calling fruitfulness is nothing but weeds. We must see that we are really not abiding in Jesus. Instead, we are abiding in our own sense of self. That's the Reverend Juan Huertas. I'm Peter Wallace, and this is a new day of faith and hope. This is Day One. Welcome to Day One, the weekly program that brings you outstanding preachers from America's mainline Protestant churches, sharing insight and inspiration from God's Word for your life. We're celebrating 70 years of faithful weekly broadcasts, beginning in 1945 as the Protestant Hour and continuing since 2002 as Day One. Now, here's our host, Peter Wallace, to introduce this week's preacher. Thank you, Sherry. We're honored to welcome to Day One today the Reverend Juan Huertas, lead pastor of Grace Community, a United Methodist congregation in Shreveport, Louisiana. Before coming to Grace Community last year, Juan served as senior pastor of St. John's United Methodist Church in Baton Rouge, and before that as pastor of Squires United Methodist in Ragley, Louisiana. Juan is a graduate of Louisiana College and Candler School of Theology at Emory University. He blogs at spiritstirrer.org. Juan, welcome to Day One. It's good to be with you. It's been a joy to follow your ministry over the years. Eleven years ago, you participated in a Day One program with two other seminarians who were fellows of FTE, now the Forum for Theological Exploration. Since then, you've served two churches in Louisiana, and you last preached on Day One three years ago. And now for the past year, you've been serving as lead pastor of Grace Community, a thriving United Methodist congregation in Shreveport. So what's unique about Grace? Grace is a diverse a a very gifted congregation, musically, a congregation that has been able to reach deeply into the Shreveport-Bossier community and uh, gather together uh, a group of folks that probably wouldn't have come together for any other reason. Hmm. And yet uh, they have been able to be in ministry in real wonderful ways uh, in these 22 years um, in the community missionally, They have spoken uh, about issues that have been important for this community for these 22 years. And um, and so we are a unique community because of that diversity, because of that unique mix of folks who have come together in these 22 years. I understand you're very mindful about worship at Grace, constantly asking how do we create worship that allows space for God to cause vivid transformation in the lives of people. So what are some of the ways you're answering that question? You know, just like 22 years ago, we asked ourselves, how can worship connect uh, with the community around us? That's a question that we're constantly asking. And we're we're still, Peter, trying to find uh, what that answer looks like for us today. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, many things have changed in, in 22 years. And among those is the growing uh, of technology, social media engagement, 
And so we are finding ways to say, uh, how can we then utilize all the resources available for us in worship, in mission, in formation, that will truly connect uh, everyday people, especially people who maybe have left the church, who maybe are no longer connecting to the church, or maybe have never uh, known of the church. How can we allow for those folks to experience the risen Lord and be able to connect with these other folks who are on a similar journey of discovery? Mm -hmm. uh, and so for me, we're still answering that question. We're still looking for what this means for us in 2015 and, and beyond. Uh, but I think what's exciting is that we are willing to be asking these important questions. You mentioned the diversity that your church possesses, and that's very exciting. Diversity in social and economic class, race, age, political affiliation, orientation. Why do you think your church draws such a wide variety of folks? I think from the very beginning we, we made a, a decision to be an open community. So openness is a key value for us. Now, you know what's fascinating is that um, openness uh, sounds great and good uh, until you begin to practice it. <laughs> and then that's when, when the difficulties begin. And I think Grace Community has been able to then uh, navigate those difficult waters uh, through the years and begin to put people next to one another uh, in worship, uh, in the band, uh, in, in the team that, uh, that leads us in media and technology, <laughs> uh, in teams that welcome people. And there's such a difference uh, when you begin serving neighbor together. There's a difference when you begin to uh, get to know one another beyond the stereotypes uh, that are so prevalent in our world today. And so I think that didn't just uh, provide for, for this growing diverse community, but now has kind of paved the way to what I would say is the next step uh, in that. In other words, the next step being, so in light of those relationships, and in light of this diverse community, then how can we have conversations? How can we have engagements in our community that then model for that community what it means to be one people through difference? Hmm. So, so people don't have to uh, hide who they truly are, but they are then able to, to be who they are through that difference and then say why. Why are we brothers and sisters in Christ through our difference? And how important is that difference in our walking the journey of faith as disciples of Jesus? Well, Juan, your sermon this week focuses on the gospel lesson for the fifth Sunday of Easter, John chapter 15. Would you read it for us? Absolutely. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. 
Jesus uses a very organic image here of our relationship with God, and by my count, the word abide is used eight times in this beautiful passage. I take it that's a key word. What's it mean? One of the interesting things as I was getting ready uh, for the sermon was that uh, that idea of abiding as a place you live in, Mm -hmm. as a place you take root in, as a place you take your residence in. Um, And so for me, that all of a sudden just really shakes up my understanding of discipleship. You know, we so often use discipleship uh, and say that it's a journey. Well, yeah, it's a journey, but it's actually a very deeply rooted journey. It's, it's rooted in our home in God, in our home in Christ. And then the challenge is that when we abide in this way, then we have to invite others in our living of our lives, in our uh, bearing fruit, then we invite others to come home. And wow, that's a very uh, dynamic and a very rooted and a very comfortable yet uncomfortable place to be. Mm-hmm. So these juxtapositions about abiding make it a very personal and difficult thing. And yet at the same time, uh, it's a very hopeful and salvific and healing thing. Your sermon is entitled Abiding Fruit. Juan, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Peter. And don't forget, if you'd like to listen again to today's program or read or share a transcript of Juan Huertas' sermon, visit our website at dayone.org. Or for a free printed sermon transcript, call us toll-free at 1-888-411-DAY1. wonder if we're willing to abide in anything, to immerse ourselves wholly in something, to allow anything to captivate our heart and life, to, to view our whole existence through that one lens. At first, I want to say no. No one would be willing to give up him or herself in that way. It sounds too constricting. But then I begin to think about the many things that we give ourselves to, our jobs, our families, our hobbies, interests, or activities. I begin to think about the things that we spend our time doing, the things that we give our lives to. Many of us are sports fans. We dress up, we go to games, and we make the time. Uh, Some of us love our television programs, so we sit there and even binge watch. We cannot wait for the next season to begin again. So as it turns out, we are constantly abiding, constantly living in, taking residence in, fixing ourselves permanently on many things in our lives. Our abiding speaks to our rooting, and it turns out that we're rooting in different ways every day. We do so every moment of our lives. We get ourselves if we think that those things that root us are not affecting us, shaping us, and transforming us. The proof of our shaping is evident all around us. That which we value, which we spend our time doing, the activities that we engage in, our attitudes and ways of engagement, all speak to the things that captivate our hearts. These things are the fruit of our abiding. 
of our rootedness. All we have to do is pay attention to our daily smartphone notifications to recognize the fruit of our abiding. Violence, objectification of neighbor, systemic prejudice, greed, and our incessant consumption speak to our hunger. Are we abiding? What's our rootedness? Are we truly rooted? Are we truly abiding in Jesus? Are we letting Jesus abide in us? This, this is a difficult question. I struggle just thinking about it. It seems like it would be an easy answer. I, I want to say, of course I abide in Jesus. Of course Jesus abides in me. It seems like the answer that any good Christian would give. Good answer for a pastor, right? I'm honest. To recognize that often. To not abide in Jesus. Not alone. We abide. Oh, we abide in things that we think we can control. Then they end up controlling us. We abide in things that require little of us, but they end up taking our souls abide in the security of my small ideas about God, and they end up making me more anxious than ever with, with every contrary opinion and enemy, every enemy beyond redemption. Our abiding seems fruitful. Fine seem healthy. They might even be producing grapes, but, but it's rotting grapes, underdeveloped grapes, seedless grapes, grapes that are unable to produce the wine the kingdom, grapes of idolatry, self-importance, and self-righteousness, uh, grapes of a myopic view of the world where God only loves those that we love, God hates us, grapes of control over our lives and over others, grapes of our participation in structures that perpetuate an individualist and egocentric community, grapes that keep us from paying attention the needs of others, keep others at arm's length. Grapes that refuse to put ourselves in the place of the other and to live alongside them. It is hard having to face the reality that what we have produced is truly not fruit, but weeds. Of how overgrown everything is around us, how truly unrooted and unfruitful it is, how unwilling we are to face a reality. To have anyone, anything, question our fruitfulness. In other words, we fool ourselves when in reality all that stuff that comes from me is fruit at all. It's, it's just weeds. Weeds keep me from experiencing the grace that God has given me, that these weeds that I have confused with fruit are now allowing me to move forward and to grow in love of God and neighbor. One of the key places where I see the weediness mistaken for fruitfulness is in the unhealthy rhetoric of our day. In our civic life and social media engagement and in our personal conversations, we, we have become divisive. We have become unwilling to listen, unwilling to see other points of view. We have couched this weediness in talk around what is right, truth, in our own desire for a so-called better life. But in the end, we have questions.
questioned the motives of others. We have called other names. We have made caricatures of the positions of others and have become peddlers of untruth. All this shows us that none of this is truth. None of this is abiding in Jesus. None of this. We have allowed fear, ignorance, and our limited understanding of God to take root in our souls. We have chosen to allow our souls to become rooted in a religious version of ourselves instead of being rooted in God's abiding More importantly, many of us who claim the way of Jesus, who have been called by God to love God and neighbor, to love our enemy, and to be bearers of truth, have not lived differently. Instead, we have carried the unfruitful practices of our society into the church and have, at times, even led the way into straw man arguments, character assassination, and divisive conversation. To be convicted. For Christ gives us an invitation. Christ says, come and open yourself up to being grafted to me. I have strong roots. I have the DNA needed to make you fruitful, alive, and to make us flourish, to make all of creation flourish. So Jesus calls us to be rooted in him. We, we must then cut ourselves from our root in sin and death and graft ourselves in the personhood and identity of Jesus. He tells us that only in him can we truly be fruitful, that, that everything else is to be cut off, to be removed. Wow. This is difficult work. The gospel provides us with a mirror that shows us possibility, shows us a new way, and shows us the beauty of fruitful abiding. God's call to new life. We must be willing to get in front of that mirror. We must be willing to see that what we are calling fruitfulness is nothing but weeds. We must see that we are really not abiding in Jesus. Instead, we are abiding in our own sense of self. Only then will we be able to see what it looks like to let God clear the way so that we can live a fruitful life. The process is not easy. It requires a dramatic vulnerability, a willingness to let go. It requires our willingness to find a new home. But Jesus provides us with the way. Our following Jesus grasps us, cuts us from our rootedness in sin and death, uh, the unhealthy roots of the human condition, and then allows us to live a new life. Jesus then becomes our root, our vine, with God the Father being the one that grows it, tends it, and makes sure that it is healthy and whole. We are then invited to be the branches, the, the flowering and visible presence of Jesus in the field of God's kingdom. So imagine what that looks like. Imagine our commitment as followers of Jesus to allow the Holy Spirit to graft us into Christ, uh, to allow the nurturing, energetic, and fruitful presence of Jesus to be the source of life for us. In order for this reality to happen,
must abide. In order for our branches to be fruitful, we must allow for this relocation, transplantation, and transformation to occur, to happen in us. We are seeing again and again our need to recalibrate our lives into fruitfulness rooted in our abiding, in our changing of address, in the permanence of God's identity as love, making our home in God, inhabiting God's place, living into Christ's identity requires that we acknowledge our need to be grafted, that, that our salvation, our healing is dependent on our willingness to acknowledge our interdependence with God, each other, and all of our grace community here in Shreveport, Louisiana, we are committed to living in this way, to live in fruitful abiding. We are committed to living in this way by being agents of conversation, uh, by being space makers for engagement, by being a people that teach one another what it means to be in loving and respectful relationship with those that we disagree with. Knowing those things to be the fruit of our abiding in Jesus. This is difficult work, but I believe that we must live in this way. We must be willing to engage the difficult conversations of our day. We must be willing to abide in the midst of the difficulty. Where Jesus would live and allow the fruit of our abiding, the love and grace of Jesus, to be made known in our communities. Now, more than ever, God's people must lead the way into conversations that uplift, conversations that restore, conversations that renew, conversations that reconcile, conversations that honor the image of God in the other. It is my prayer today that we can begin a movement, a movement of people committed to being agents of reconciliation, committed to a movement rooted in Jesus, a movement that inhabits the way of Jesus and that allows for the way of Jesus to inhabit the world. A movement of abiding fruitfulness and a light on God's reconciling love in Jesus. Thanks be to God. Sherry Miller. Why should you support the Day One Radio Ministry? Because it's helping countless people like you. For instance, Brenda, a listener in Pennsylvania, says, Every Sunday, Day One gives me a message I can carry throughout my week. Mike in Minnesota says, There's not another program like Day One. It allows you to hear the Word of God from so many gifted voices. Please, Give generously so Day One can continue to proclaim this much-needed message on the radio and online. Mail your gift to Day One, 2715 Peachtree Road, Atlanta, Georgia, 30305. That's 2715 Peachtree Road, Atlanta, Georgia, 30305. Or call us at 1-888-411-DAY1. Or give securely online at dayone.org. On behalf of everyone at Day One, 
thank you for your support. Jesus calls us to abide in him, to immerse ourselves wholly in him, which can sound very constricting, yet you pointed out that we are constantly abiding or rooting ourselves in all sorts of things in life, and we kid ourselves if we think the things that root us are not affecting us and shaping us. Would you say more about the kinds of things we might be rooted in and how we can assess that personally? That's such a neat question, Peter. You know, sometimes we come to the Christian faith and we have this assumption somehow that we are neutral, right, that we come into the community and into our engagements with God and neighbor in a neutral way. But truth be told, uh, as I said in the sermon, we are actually shaped, deeply shaped by all sorts of things, our environment, our families, uh, the the ads that we see on television, all those things really shape us. Mm -hmm. And so for me, one of the key uh, ways that we can kind of assess uh, what's really shaping us is uh, the communities, living in community, living in trusting relationships with our sisters and brothers uh, in Christ, and, and ask them to, to help you see those places that are keeping you captive, uh, those places where you are abiding, that you're abiding in, that are not helpful in your love of God and neighbor. And, and to me, out of those relationships, then, um, you are able to then do that daily check-in I'm thinking of, for example, uh, Ignatius practice, the Ignatian excellence, right? So you ask yourself, so where is God today? Where have I seen God in my own life and in my own uh, heart? And then where have been those places in my own behavior and in my own encounters where, where God has felt absent? Uh, so the community engagement and the truth-telling and in love in that community then provides for what I think should be a daily check-in in our own uh, lives, uh, checking on ourselves. Right. If we abide in things that require little of us, that control us, that keep our understanding of God too small, you said we will only produce rotten, seedless grapes. But Jesus calls us to abide in him, so Jesus becomes our root, our vine, and God grows it, tends it, and makes sure it is healthy and whole, making us into flowering branches that reveal the presence of Jesus in the field of God's kingdom. It's a beautiful image. But how do we enter into this abiding presence of Jesus? So it, it's interesting to to hear my quote back at me, Peter. Um, as I hear it, uh, it's almost like, wow, that's a very strong <laughs> one. Um, but, but I think that for me, we enter into the abiding presence of Jesus, first of all, by looking at ourselves in the mirror and seeing the, the image of God in us, to, to tell ourselves, you belong to God, you're God's beloved. And I believe that when we do that, then when we walk out our doors, we begin to see God's beloved everywhere, all, all around us. Mm. And, and, and that begins a process, a process of recognition. So even if we mis make a mistake or somehow do not live into this reality, we keep on reminding ourselves, I am a beloved child. And then when others come towards us and they are not maybe behaving uh, in loving, life-giving, justice-seeking ways, then we say, but yet they are beloved too. And, and that, to me, that movement, it sounds so simple, but it is complex. But it is that movement that begins 
the healing work in us that enters us into the presence of Jesus each day and that helps us recognize the presence of Jesus in places that we might have not seen it before. I believe if we, if we practice this, this fruitful of abiding, it will change absolutely everything. Juan Huertas, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Peter. Day One is the voice of America's mainline Protestant churches. Visit us online at dayone.org. Our program is recorded and edited by Donald Jones and produced by Peter Wallace. Thank you for joining us. I'm Sherry Miller wishing you all God's blessings on day one and forever.
Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. With today's technology, most people do not carry around address books. I remember right before I went electronic and put everything on my iPhone, I leaped through the pages of my old address book, and I was amazed how many names I had whited out, crossed out, or erased, names of people I could hardly remember. Some names were so obscure, I could barely even read the print. My point here? Well, God has an address book. And Revelation chapter 20 says there are no erasers in heaven. No name will be forgotten or crossed out. There it says, quote, Everyone who conquers will be clothed in white, and I will not erase his name from the book of life, but I will announce before my Father and his angels that he is mine. Friend, your name is recorded, and once you are listed under C for child of God, your information is safe in the cloud, <laughs> and that is heaven. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Communities improve. The path to success starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader, tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Donnie McClurkin, and I've got a personal note that I'd really like to drop in your spirit today. I want you to understand the blessings of God and how they're supposed to enhance our lives. Blessings are not always financial, but the Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 22, it says, The blessings of God makes us rich and adds no sorrow. This richness that it's speaking of deals with our lives being full, our lives being complete, our joy being prevalent and noticeable, us being seen as someone who profits in God. The richness of God deals with a soul that is healed, a spirit that is in touch with Jesus. Our lives being rich is having our family whole, as having our friends close, and even our enemies reconciled. Blessings of God makes us rich and will take your sorrows away. The Internet is a wonderful resource for kids. But in times like these, the Internet can also increase your child's risk of being a victim of crime. Instruct your child to never give out personal information, like their name, address, or school name without your approval. Teach them about frauds and scams that often appear as friendly emails or offers that are too good to be true. Place your computer where you can see what your child is doing. Use software that prevents access to inappropriate sites and chat rooms. Teach your child what to do if they come across such sites or receive solicitations from strangers. Learn how they're using the Internet and how much time they're spending on it. Let's keep our kids as safe in the cyber world as we try to do in the real one. Visit ncpc.org to learn more about how we can protect our children. That's ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council.
you are listening to Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1.
Gay Talese would rather visit the loser's locker room than the winner's. Not because he loves failure, Talese said, but because he's fascinated with people who rise from the floor. Some years ago, Talese profiled boxing champion Floyd Patterson. In 1960, Patterson had recaptured his lost title, the first boxer to reclaim the world heavyweight crown. Talese said, Patterson got knocked down more than anybody in the history of boxing, but he got up more than anybody. That's a real achievement. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Lady Lodge. Talese says most of life takes place between triumph and defeat. Patterson's rise from the floor of defeat encourages us in our losses to get back in the ring in the high calling of our daily work. Well, howdy! Thanks for coming to Big Bubba's. We got a mess of used cars. What can we do for you? Uh, we're looking for, um... Something cute. Well, here's a beauty. A 99 model with a moonroof. 
As a bonus, we'll throw in a leaking gas tank. You can be driving and kaboom! Adds that zing of excitement. You got any other cars? Wouldn't it be great if you could be warned of life's risks? If you have diabetes, you can. There's a simple blood test called A1C that can help measure your risk of complications from diabetes. Why is it important? Because more than 600 people every day die from diabetes and its complications. If your A1C is above 7, your doctor can show you how to lower it. If you have diabetes, know your risk. Know your A1C. Ask your doctor. Or for more information, go to www.diabetesa1c.org or call 1-877-TEST-A1C. Brought to you by the American Diabetes Association, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation International, and the Ad Council. This is Ann Graham Lotz with Daily Light for Daily Living. If you want to experience God, you must choose him at all costs. You must be willing to do as Peter did in Matthew 14. Step out of the boat. Risk total failure in the eyes of others. Discover firsthand his power enabling you to walk on the water when Jesus bids you come. Again and again I've been confronted with hard choices when I've had to throw caution to the wind and abandon myself to faith in him and him alone. When I step into a pulpit, when I begin to write, when I commit this ministry to much more than we have resources to underwrite, whenever I choose to step out in obedient faith and trust him, I'm actually choosing to take him at his word. Listen to me. Put him to the test. Obey whatever he says. Do it. The result will be the thrilling adventure we call the Christian life. This is Anne Graham Lodge. UN Chief Ban Ki-moon announced on Saturday that Ismail Uld Sheikh Ahmed will succeed Jamal Ben-Omar as his special envoy for Yemen. In this role, Mr. Uld Sheikh Ahmed will work closely with members of the Security Council, the Gulf Cooperation Council, governments in the region, and the UN team for Yemen. Yemen has been mired in a political and security crisis that started during the popular uprisings in 2011. Fighting has recently intensified, with the UN chief declaring in February that the country was collapsing. The UN estimates that 150,000 people have been displaced since March, while 12 million need humanitarian support. Mr. Uld Sheikh Ahmed is currently the head of the UN mission for Ebola emergency response. Upon his departure, Ban Ki-moon announced that the current Ebola crisis manager for Liberia, Peter Jan Graf, will replace him. Stephanie Kutrix, United Nations. Thank you. 
always do what's right. Cause sometimes it's easier to do wrong. Well, everybody makes mistakes, yeah. At the point in their life, you know that nobody's perfect. We're all just reaching for the prize. We're going
and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead, from the death of sin. You are giving me a new life, the life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Hallelujah. Saved. Saved. Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way, there is no other message. For there is no other way, there is no other message. Oh, come to him, come to the Saviour tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself truly to him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins again. Peace with God and eternal, abundant life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation? For how will you escape? If you neglect your grace, so they shall they shall they shall they shall they shall
network is Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.